The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon joined by Chris Flum and we are giving you our first free agency primer with free agency coming very, very shortly. And to help us with discussing necessary free agents for the New York Giants, we are being joined by former member of Big Blue View and also podcast host here on the Big Blue View radio network. Mr. Dan Pizzuta. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta, and he is of Sharp Football Analysis. Dan, thank you again for coming on for the second time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm always, always glad to be back. Yeah, we always appreciate having you on. And so today we're going to be talking about an offensive and defensive free agent that needs to be really targeted for the Giants if they want to resolve some of their current roster holes, kicking right on into it. Dan, is there an offensive free agent that you really deem that the Giants need to spend the money on and really go after if they want to help out the uh, the new offense that they have going on with Jason Garrett? So I'm not totally sure if there's a top-level free agent the Giants should go after on offense. I know probably some people are going to want to go Jack Conklin, and, and I understand that. Uh, I'm not totally of the... I haven't totally bought into that they need to go really high at offensive tackle because offensive line is something that it's more of a weak link position and you can get by with being pretty good at offensive line we kind of see when you go to the free agency at the top of the market like they did with nate solder sometimes you get okay results but you're paying top market price uh so i would think if they go to tackle i would look maybe a little further down like someone like brian bulaga possibly uh he's been good for green bay he's going to turn 31 but he's going to be significantly cheaper and probably still give you the same amount so i think on offense they're probably if they shop in the the second third tier there it might be better off at them especially when we get to the defensive side which is where i think they should probably be looking to spend a little more top tier money well i do kind of expect the giants to go out and try to buy a right tackle like Jack Conklin. But he really is the top of the market, and there are a lot of teams out there that need offensive line help. So it's kind of possible that the Giants get frozen out of that market. So I do agree with Dan. We should probably be looking at that second or third tier. He said Brian Bulaga. I would actually stay in Green Bay and look at Jason Spriggs. He's considerably younger than... Bulaga. He did finish last year on the injured reserve, 
but that could help keep his price low. He's an athletic guy. I believe he ran about a 4.9640. He moves well. He has experience at right tackle. And he I believe he's the last full season he played, he only gave up I believe 3 sacks and had 7 penalties. So while that's still not great, that's at least an upgrade for the Giants and they wouldn't be locked into having absolutely having to look at the top of the draft for a tackle and then the other guy i would look at would be and i'm not even going to attempt his full first name but hala vitae the right tackle in philadelphia he has played well when he's been on the field for jason peters you know i do kind of look at that as a little bit of a sun Tzu art of war type move where you profit by taking away from a foe so in that case Philly would lose tackle depth. The Giants would gain a potential starter or at the very least pretty good tackle depth themselves. So that's kind of where I'm looking. I certainly agree with both of you guys that spending a ton of money in free agency on a tackle that might not really be a viable option is probably not the best idea. Defense right now has so many holes, so they're going to have to spend some money in certain spots and spend a lot of money if they want to get a quality starter. But I do think that Jack Conklin does need to be mentioned. There is a lot of risk with Conklin because he has had injury problems over the past few years and in the first few years of his career. You don't really know which Conklin you're going to get. Are you going to get a 16-game starter or are you going to get a guy that plays only 10 games and that's in and out of the lineup? And right now the Giants, I don't know if they could really afford someone like that because They've had problems with starters on the offensive line like Nate Solder, uh, Mike Remmers, even Kevin Zeitler wasn't entirely healthy. So bringing another injured guy could cause additional problems for them. However, if you do consider it, Conklin does look like he is the best available offensive tackle that could come in and start at right tackle for them. Um, I do like a lot of the options that you guys brought up, but if we're just putting out there best available options, Conklin seems to to be one of them. Right. And if you look at, and that's going to come with a, a lot of money, like I said, and I think when you look at what this Giants offensive line is, I think we kind of have to contextualize what it was last year, which was not actually as bad of a pass blocking offensive line as we might think, or a lot of people would make you think. So by ESPN's pass rush pass block win rate, which kind of just takes in how quickly a block was blown within two and a half seconds of the snap. The Giants were 12th in that metric. So they were an above average offensive line last year. That was with Solder. uh, That was with uh, Mike Remmers at right tackle and some of the other combinations they had. I think the the offensive line was okay. It was passable. I think where the Giants got into trouble was when those plays took a little longer to develop. You had Daniel Jones back there taking a little longer than maybe he should have on some plays. And I think that caused a lot of the, some of the sacks, some of the pressures. So if you look at where the Giants kind of were as a baseline, they were not this terrible offensive line that you believe they might have been so i think you can definitely go with some of those you know second or third tier options and still be a decent enough offensive line that it's not going to hinder this passing game next year yeah but i do think the giants do kind of have to at least look at it at the very least to get depth for the future because we don't know how much longer kevin zeitler is going to be there he could become a cap casualty after this year Nate Solder isn't getting any younger either, and he really isn't getting any cheaper. So I think that does have to be taken into account. Also, they are going to be looking at 
probably a more vertical offense with Jason Garrett. So there could be more plays where Jones is holding the ball longer by design, not just getting hung up on a read or, you know, trying to run around and maybe wait for something to open up. So they, they're probably going to move, be moving away from that quick strike West Coast offense. So that that is something that should be taken into account. Right. And I think to your point that you also brought up earlier, Chris, is that you can get one of these maybe mid-tier veteran guys, and that helps you maybe develop someone that you take, probably maybe not in the first round, but if you get someone in the second round, maybe like an Ezra Cleveland or uh, someone like that, I don't think you want to wait till the fourth. So maybe you are looking at that early second round pick for a tackle who maybe you give a little time to develop before having to either force him into the lineup or, like we said, paying a lot to get that right tackle option in there. So can uh, can Leonard Williams play tackle? <laughs> that might be the best available option for them, but it, it is... Quarterbacks do stay on their feet around him. Yeah, honestly. Um, but right now it is a bit tricky for the Giants, like all the stuff that we've laid out here, because if they don't really go after uh, the, you know, the top available offensive tackle, if they can't swing them, and that fourth pick might be a little bit too early to draft someone, depending on what the draft board looks like. And if the Giants are really sold on Isaiah Simmons or another available prospect that slides to them at four, they might not be getting a tackle until the second round. And again, you don't fully know if you're getting a guy that can come in, step in and play right away. So offensive line yet again, might be a tricky situation for them in this offseason. Hopefully they do at least draft someone within the first three rounds that can at least be developmental uh, and can work over the next couple years and become an eventual starter. But we, we certainly have to see how that ends up playing out. Now, defensively, the Giants were very weak all of last season on multiple levels. Their defensive line is the clear strength. Like we talked about the whole off season leading up until now, but linebacker is a clear need after cutting Alec Ogletree as well as uh, their secondary, which is young and a bit underdeveloped. Dan, where do you think that the, the giants should be going directionally for free agents? Because it's clear that they need some form of help. Yeah, the short answer is everywhere. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, when you look at what the Giants have, they've been talking about this cap space now. It's been brought up for like the past year and a half that this cap space, this offseason is kind of when they had the cap space. This is what they were building for. So now they have about $74 million in cap space per over the cap. That's before some other potential cuts. It's with Red Ellison still on the cap. That's with Antoine Bethea still on the cap. So you have this cap space. And I think this is really where the Giants need to go to the top tier of the market and whether that's going into the pass rush or going into the secondary hard I, they have the opportunity to completely reshape this defense and I, I think that's where they need to do it i'd be a huge proponent of uh, going into the jadavian Clowney sweepstakes i'd be a huge proponent of going into the byron jones sweepstakes i'd be a huge proponent of going into the anthony harris sweepstakes i think they need to come out with one of those top tier free agents no matter what position it is i think when you look at Clowney, i don't know everybody's gonna look at the you know the three sacks Chris and I have been over this before with you know the Olivier Vernons and I think Clowney to an even bigger extent where Clowney is getting to the passer just because those sacks don't happen does not mean he was not one of the better pass rushers in the league last year and when you look at how often he was uh, double teamed um, 
he was double teamed at one of the highest rates of edge rushers last year, and he was still uh, top 10 in pass rush win rate. So he was winning these snaps when he was getting double teamed. So I think that gives you a number a clear number one edge rusher, and you can re-sign Marcus Golden to be on the other side. That'll give him more one-on-ones. Marcus Golden is more of a Marcus Golden is more of a late in the down. Uh, winner and i think that would help him out so i'm a proponent of re-signing him no matter where the giants go uh in free agency and uh when you look at his production he actually underperformed based on how often he hit the quarterback so he was seventh in quarterback hits last year um uh with his 10 sacks so that was still he only converted a sack on 37 percent of his hits which is something i've looked at in about 44 percent or so of hits should be converted to sacks that's about the league average so you would actually expect marcus golden to have more sacks next year so i think he should be a part of that uh, when you potentially add him with Jadavian clowny that would give two huge additions to the pass rush or i think if you go with the secondary that could give someone like golden a more time to get to the pass rusher if you go with a byron jones or even a james bradbury and an anthony harris back at safety so i think really this this a top tier of defensive uh talent which is i think where the talent really is in this free agent market that's really where the giants need to be targeting i'll certainly echo the sentiment in regards to needing a pass rusher as well as Jadavion Clowney being a, a primary target for the Giants. He might not have had the production that you want from a, a highly paid pass rusher, but like you said, the amount of success that he's had in pass rush situations will eventually translate. And if you look at the, the Giants' defensive line, they have a very talented interior group so that can ultimately alleviate pressure on Jadavion Clowney and put him in more one-on-one situations. It could be a very, very successful situation for Clowney considering the other guys he will be and could be playing along the line with. Now, Chris, however, you probably agree with us that they need a pass rusher, but they do need to sign more than just a pass rusher. Who who right now is your guy that they, they need to be spending their money on? Yeah, if we're looking at the top of the market, I am right there with Dan and looking at Byron Jones and Anthony Harris, you know, really, really improve the secondary. Maybe finally, finally, after a decade of looking, get an answer at free safety. That would really help the communication in the back end, help lock things down for blitz packages, help keep the ball in quarterback's hands so the pass rushers can go get them. So I am all for spending on those guys. If the Giants want to split and spend big on Clowney and one of the secondary guys, that's great too. I also think there are a few kind of budget options the Giants could look at if they maybe spent big on Byron Jones and then wanted to get maybe a few pass rushers. Like, for instance, if they might not feel that Lorenzo Carter is going to develop as an edge and they want to have two or three guys where they can rotate, maybe play different packages and just send waves of pass rushers and try to keep everybody fresh for the fourth quarter. You know, we've seen and Dan and I spent about a year and a half grinding our teeth about this. The Giants have an extreme preference for familiarity. And the last time Patrick Graham was here, he was the defensive line coach for the Giants. And 
Jason Pierre-Paul happens to be a free agent. He knows the city. He knows the franchise. He knows Graham. He's not going to be an expensive guy. I believe it was either, uh, I believe Spotrack estimates that he'd be about $5 million per year. He missed six games coming back from a broken neck last year and still managed eight and a half sacks, nine tackles for a loss, 16 quarterback hits. That's pretty good, especially coming off of a 2018 year where he had, I believe it was 12, 12 and a half sacks and was one of the more productive pass rushers in the NFL. And he is still a good run defender, which run defense on the perimeter was kind of a big problem for the Giants last year. You know, they were really stout up the middle, but once teams could get the edge, they could find running room. So I would not be against the Giants bringing JPP back. And then also taking a look at Vic Beasley, because he is still young. He is still kind of an explosive speed rusher. He has never come close to matching the production we all kind of expected to see from him, especially after that monster sophomore year he had down in Atlanta. But yeah, last year, eight sacks, eight tackles for a loss, 12 quarterback hits. Again, not great production, but not nothing either. And he could be had a little bit more economically. So maybe the Giants could spread their cap money around and at least get something for a, a variety of their holes rather than bending big at two or three positions. All right, now we're going to wrap things up with talking about some less talked about free agent options for the Giants. But before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With free agency, you cannot always spend your money on the big name guys. And if you strike out and can't get some of those players, well, you have to go down the list and try and persuade some of the lesser known guys to come to your team. But as well as filling out your roster, filling other needs with the less highly sought after players. So for this last portion of the show, we're going to discuss some names of guys that maybe aren't as talked about that are underrated and aren't in this primary big group of free agents in this year's free agency class. My guy that I want to start things off with here is Corey Littleton, who is probably one of the bigger linebacker free agents, but I don't think because of, of who he is, a lot of people are really talking about him. Last year, he started 16 games, had 134 tackles. He probably wouldn't be overly expensive. Spotrack had him at around uh, $3 million a year, which is uh, pretty good money for a linebacker. That is a clear glaring hole for the Giants right now. They need to bring in a starting linebacker that can come in and contribute, not someone for a depth piece, but rather someone who can come in and play right away, and Littleton could very well fill that need. Yeah, Littleton definitely is could be one of those options, but I think he's probably closer to, the, to that top tier once uh, we figure out the amount of people who, or the amount of teams who need linebackers and are willing to to get in there and, and pay him. I, I think he might make uh, possibly over $10 million, uh, once once all said is done. And he's one of the better coverage linebackers in 
in the NFL. So I think the Giants should definitely, he should be considered one of those guys that they go after to, to start in that middle. I think if you think of potentially what the Giants could be reshaping their defense, you have like a, a Corey Littleton and potentially an Isaiah Simmons in the middle of that defense. I mean, that's, you pretty much got sideline to sideline covered there. Um, and you're still in pretty much a nickel look and kind of uh, a dime look also when you have guys like that on the field. So I completely agree with that. Um, I think if I went to a guy, I know we weren't big on the offensive players, but I think the wide receiver could potentially be an option. But, you know, there is such a deep class of wide receiver uh, in this draft class here. So I think the Giants could get someone in, you know, the fourth, fifth round to be productive. But I think they could potentially look at someone like Rashard Higgins, who uh, was really good in Cleveland two years ago, kind of fell out of favor um, in whatever mess happened with the Browns last year. But he was uh, top 10 in expected points added among receivers in 2018. Uh, he was a pretty good deep threat. I think he's someone who can win on the outside, win in the slot. He's someone you can move around, but the Giants don't totally have right now. So it gives kind of an, another dynamic piece, which I don't think will be too expensive. So I think in that side, if you're looking for a value-free agent, that could work. Yeah, both of those guys are really interesting. I was actually going to say Littleton, but uh, Joe got there first. So I am going to re-up my cred as his biggest fan, and I'm going to say extend Dalvin Tomlinson. The Giants actually set a precedent for extending a second-round pick, something they really had never done before, at least not in recent memory, when they extended Sterling Shepard. So I would say go two for two, two in a row, and extend Dalvin Tomlinson. He really was their best defensive player last year. He was... He, was double teamed quite frequently he was at least in pass rush win rate their best lineman really he is a really good run defender and he is not going to be that expensive to lock up long term and he has some scheme versatility he can play the nose tackle one he can play the nose tackle he can play the one technique he can play the three technique he can play the five technique so that really does give them a lot of versatility and it gives Patrick Graham a lot of options. And if we want the Giants to build through the draft, they're going to have to start re-signing players. It never fails, Chris, that you find a way to bring up Dalvin Tomlinson. Like you said, you're his biggest fan and you managed to find a way to squeak him in uh, into the free agency discussion here. (laughs) Hey, what better than to keep him from being a free agent? That's fair. (laughs) And and I think if we kind of jump on top of that, someone like Dallin Tomlinson, who they could resign at the cheap, I think if we're looking at potential free agents and kind of Giants' decisions that are looming, uh, I don't think they should resign Leonard Williams. Um, I know Ed was at the the combine, asked Dave Gettleman what if he was aware of what the look would be like if he did not resign him. And Gettleman said, "Yes, I would be aware." Um, he also said very Gettleman things uh, after that. But I think 
when you look at the Leonard Williams trade, the third round pick, it's already a sunk cost. I don't think putting in another 10 to $15 million a year on Leonard Williams is going to make that trade look better. It's actually going to make that trade look worse because now you're adding another 10 to $15 million per year on a player who is fine. And what you're doing is that next year's pick is going to be a fourth instead of a fifth. So I think adding to that sunk cost and trying to make that trade look better by re-signing him actually makes this deal worse in the long run. So I would allow Leonard Williams to go. I wouldn't even tag him. I would be a more focused on getting those top tier free agents on the edge in the secondary, like we talked about. And even if it's a Corey Littleton in the middle of that defense, because you look at the defensive line with Tomlinson, with BJ Hill, who has been good when he's been on the field, um, you just use a first round pick on Dexter Lawrence. You do not need nine interior defenders. That is not the way the NFL works now. Um, so I think if we're, we're jumping in with free agent decisions, that is a big one that's looming for the Giants. And I think they just need to move on. Well, how else can they stop the Packers sweep if they don't have nine defensive tackles? I mean, come on, Dan. Other teams are going to establish the run. <laughs> yeah, trying to keep Leonard Williams out of New York might really fall on on deaf ears because I, all indications right now seem that they're going to resign him from what we're hearing in the comments that Dave Gettleman made because, I mean, he even said it. He, he, he said that along the lines of uh, he would look pretty bad if he didn't try to resign him for the draft capital that they gave up to acquire him. So we're going to, we certainly, that is one thing that we're all going to be monitoring and watching because it could very well be a, a waste of, 10 to $15 million, depending on how much they have to pay him. Right. And just when you look at how this defense could be completely reshaped, keeping Leonard Williams does not make that much of a difference. Um, you could get that pass rush from a guy like Clowney and you still have Dexter Lawrence, who was, you know, okay rushing the passer. You had BJ Hill, who can rush the passer there. You have these interior guys who are not bad. The Giants' interior defensive line was not a problem pre-Leonard Williams. So I think you really need to be using all these assets that you have, that you have been saying, we now have these assets. This is what we've been building toward. You need to get players who are now going to be difference makers. And just doubling down on on a weird decision is not going to be the best option there. And, and I really think they need need to realize that, take the loss, that's okay. Um, and the best option is to build going forward. And I think that's really what the Giants need to focus on. Well, there's a lot of money that the Giants can be spending in free agency, and we're going to continue to put out there some other big names to know over the course of the next week leading up to free agency. That is going to be it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. And also, thank you, Dan, for coming on again. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta, spelled P-I-Z-Z-U-T-A. Is that correct, Dan? It is. All right, perfect. He is of Sharp Football Analysis. Like I said, thank you again for coming on also be sure to follow us on social media at big blue view you can follow me at joe de leon and you can follow chris at raptor mkii stay tuned for the end of the week where we will be giving you yet another mailbag episode focused on the nfl combine yeah.